All right, welcome to the I Can't Deal With This podcast, episode 36. We have been the maestro, my fellow brother-in-arm. How are you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm hanging in there, chilling, 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 yeah. like always, chilling of like course. a villain. Then we have on the other line, we have still Zoomed. We still have him in quarantine. He went around driving for three hours yesterday. But he's back. It's okay. He's back. <laughs> we have Gabe. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing good, my man doing good so so what was your favorite thing about driving around charlotte for three hours yesterday i mean just conversations in the car i mean that's just that's mainly kind of the reason just like having fun conversations and stuff in the car and stuff like that i've had some pretty good conversations with my friends at like 10 at night and like driving around from st louis back to fort leonard wood so i feel that I would literally go insane if I just drove around for three hours and just like there was no purpose, <laughs> there was no there destination was, there to was go no to. Destination. You're just driving. Just Nobody to, to see. I mean, yes, if you have like if you have like good conversation, it makes it way less weird and less awkward. Yeah. But man, if I'm just driving around for three hours, dude, I'm gonna I want to go somewhere. Like yeah, I'm trying to it, eat even, or something. Even if it's like or... even if it's like I drive to South Carolina and then back. I have to go somewhere. I have to make a stop at some point. Oh yeah, to do anything at all. <laughs> yeah, I dude, every stop, like every destination I go to, I go to a gas station at least once, and then just get a Powerade and get like a hot dog, and then just yeah, we're just, cruising, man. Yeah. What's what's the farthest drive you've ever been on? Say, uh, no, Fort Leonard Wood, the Charlotte's pretty pretty far. That's. 12 and a half or 13 hours, something like Saints. that. So that's pretty far. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gabe, what's the kind of the longest? Maybe you weren't driving, but it's the longest you've ever gone in a car. Um, Probably one of our radius trips when we went to Florida. Either Florida or Alabama. Not Florida, definitely. I think Florida was the longest. Oh, yeah. Florida was wild. Now, if we're talking about plane yeah. rides, I can top all y'all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you were in the Army, but yeah. – I think the longest I think the longest road trip I've ever been on was I went to we had to drive to Boston from Charlotte and that was 14 hours 15 hours that it was tough man if not longer than that but I also have drove to St. Louis Was that a for Red Sox game or something Yeah yeah we yeah. went to a Red Sox game fun fact that's the that's the spot where I caught my home run ball Nice. I was, I was about oh, to say, yeah. you caught a home run ball sometime because you had it on Instagram, and I was like, there he is. There it is. Yeah, I, ca- I caught a home run ball. <laughs> Fun fact about that, like funny story. So we were in the stands, right? And I swear to you, people were standing up all around me because I guess it had been hit. But I was like looking around. I was like, oh, I should probably stand up too. And I look <laughs> up, and there's a ball hurling towards my head. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> But yeah, I caught that instincts. I caught an Andrew Benintendi home run ball. I also bring my glove wherever I go, just in case something like that happens. And I it paid off. I caught a home run ball, and it was it was cool, man. I still have it at my at my school. What baseball stadium are you planning on visiting next? Because I know you've been to a lot. I've been to about eight. Um, I wanted to go. Me and Adam actually were gonna go during the summer before all this COVID stuff happened, mm-hmm. um, we were supposed to go to a Toronto Blue Jays game. Ooh. Uh, knock, out, knock out the Canada one. Yeah. Um, actually, before before all this stuff happened, I was also supposed to happen – I was also supposed to have uh, 
I was also supposed to go to Denver and supposed to do that. Um, and so, Gabe, what's kind of the – where's your dream destination? Where's your dream destination? You could, It could be football. It could be baseball. It could be basketball. Where do you want to go and see just a, a game at, a sports game? Um, definitely Staples Center. Like, I just feel like the energy in there for, like, even like a Lakers and Clippers game, I feel like the energy would be insane. Like, now, I would, I the, would say, like – Go ahead. Oh, what were you going to say? Go ahead. No, I, I would say the Bulls, but, like, the state that the Bulls are in now, it wouldn't really be that exciting, but definitely like a Staples Center game. So the Lakers and the Clippers both play at Staples Center, correct? Yeah. I, th- I think the Clippers are planning on leaving soon, though. I just don't know when. Does that does that pose a, pose a problem like for scheduling conflicts? Like is there ever a time in which they schedule the Lakers and the Clippers at the same time? Nah, they, they plan around that. Um, unless they play against each other, but yeah, they just they play around that. If yeah, yeah, for for Lakers versus Clippers, who has home field advantage? Definitely the Lakers. <laughs> I feel like people in LA enjoy the Lakers more than the Clippers. Oh yeah, so yeah, I'm saying uh, Lakers, dude. I would love to see Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals, <laughs> dude. That would be nuts. It would be nuts. But kind of going off of that, kind of oh, – well, actually, Ben, I, you asked me and I asked Buddy, what, where would be your dream baseball stadium, football stadium, basketball stadium, whatever you want to do? I don't know. I mean, I'll, the only baseball stadium I've been to is obviously the St. Louis. And that was beautiful. Stadium Bush Stadium is beautiful. Nice. Um, I don't really know. I don't really have one, like, on my list to go anywhere. Seattle would be pretty cool, I will say. Seattle would be nice. Uh Toronto as well would also be pretty cool. So I think somewhere up north would be pretty cool. I would really want to go. I really want to go to the Raiders Raiders new stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, yeah, apparently yeah. it's supposed to be like beautiful. Um, I think also another really pretty stadium, Fenway Park was really pretty. Wrigley Field was pretty, really pretty. But both those were really pretty just because of uh, simply because of the like historical significance yeah. behind it. But I really liked Turner Field. Turner Field Turner. was the Turner Field's the Braves' um, old stadium. It's really pretty. Sun uh, Sun Trust Park. That's the Braves' new stadium. That's really pretty. Ever been to the Yankee Stadium? Um, I've not. I've not. It's Yankee nice. Stadium. Yankee Stadium is one of those that I really do want to go to. I just realized I went to a Boston or Red Sox game back in like 2014, but it's such a like a faint memory, and I forgot about it. But I looked at a picture on my Instagram, and I it, some of the memories kind of came back to me. That was a nice stadium. Yeah. Uh, Camden Yards. Camden Yards is the Orioles stadium. That's a pretty good one. The least – my least favorite one was Tropicana Stadium, which is in St. Petersburg, Florida. That's the uh, Tampa Bay's Rays stadium. Mm. That's probably my least favorite out of the ones I've visited mm. so far. But I would, I'm so excited to kind of go keep on expanding. I was supposed to go – during spring break, I don't know whether I said it, but I was supposed to go during spring break to a Denver Rock, uh, uh, a Colorado, Rocky, Colorado Rocky. Rockies Dude, that would game. be awesome, man. But um, literally, we were like days away from buying tickets and stuff like that, and then this whole COVID stuff happened, and it turned to crap. Yeah, but, that's a I mean, lot it was it was solid. It was we were planning on like we were literally days away from buying the plane ticket and everything, but. Mm-hmm. So, kind of digressing from that, um, 
one of the probably the biggest talks in sports and kind of sports media right now is the Lance Armstrong documentary called Lance. Um, it took the spot of the elusive last dance. Um, and there's two parts of it. And I just kind of wanted to get your guys reactions. It was a lot of kind of, it gave you an inside look of the, not only Lance, Lance Armstrong and his life, but it also gave you an inside look of the dilemma, which is steroid use. Um, you have Lance Armstrong, which is probably the Michael Jordan of biking, of cycling. And this man is just going all in all the time. He's the ultimate competitor. He's the ultimate asshole. He doesn't care if you're the president of the United States or the lowest of the low. If you get in his way, he's going to curse you out pretty much. Um, but there was a lot of controversy surrounding that. I mean, because he was the ultimate underdog after his fight with cancer, his testicular cancer fight um, in 1998 and in 1997. And then he comes back in 1999 and is like leading the charge for the Tour de France. Um, and But the problem is, is he's still doing... Like, he was doing steroids before, and he was doing steroids after, but it was one of those things in which it kind of really made you question, was it ethical or not, just because everybody in that time was doing it. EPO, which was the main steroid he took, which it had the highest benefit for kind of cyclists, it was untraceable, and everybody, the top top 90% of the people who were doing it or who were cycling, were doing EPO. Um, now, whether or not that's excusable, whether or not that's justified, is beyond kind of, that's up for us to decide. But I thought that it was really wild just because literally the year before he won the Tour de France, they had this huge drug crackdown. They shut down like 15 to 20 teams for, for steroids and steroid use. And then next thing you know, one year removed from cancer, he comes in, he wins the Tour de France. I mean, this man is wild. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the ultimate asshole, ultimate competitor. Da I didn't realize also how dangerous cycling was. Cycling is one of those where, like, you could literally, like, fall off your bike at any point and die. Like, it's kind of like NASCAR in that people were literally, like, millimeters away from one another. Like, you're in that – you're on that bike for, like – Lord like knows how hours. long. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're even kind of incoherent or not paying attention for even a second, you can go over and hit somebody and cause a 10 person crash. And Lord knows what could happen in that crash where you're going 30 miles an hour and the brakes just got the tires just get taken from you. Dude, let me tell you, the, the little clumps that you see of all those cyclists that are just kind of going at the same pace in the same direction that just makes me claustrophobic looking at it mm. i don't like that i don't yeah. Mm -mm. yeah and i i think it's hard also because i think that with athletes we be, are much harsher to them than we would in real life i mean we're talking about you look at the Patriots, you look at the Astros, you look at Louisville, you look at Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa in that steroid era, you look at Michael Vick, you look at Tiger Woods, and we're much harsher to them because they kind of betrayed our trust, essentially. But for cycling, it's a little bit different because there was no rules. 
literally for the longest time, nobody checked for any type of growth hormone. They never checked for any type of steroids. And so the question that I wanted to pose to you is, is if the only way you could compete, the only way that you could finish first in a, in whatever sports you wanted was to do steroids. And if you didn't do steroids, you were forced to go home or you were forced to kind of leave. If you ain't first or last, what would you do? So Gabe, I start with you because you're kind of the athlete. You wanted to kind of play at one point on the UNC Charlotte team. If they came to you and said, the only way you can be on this team is if you did steroids. And the only way you could be on this team and any other team in the NCAA is to do steroids. What would you do? Would you take steroids or would you be morally obligated to say, no, I can't do it, even if it costs me my dream of playing on a football team? That that would be like a too good to be true, like opportunity to pass up. I, if If it's guaranteed not to like, have like like really back. bad yeah yeah then i i couldn't say no like i hate to say it because that's not like i don't agree with them at all but at the same time like you wouldn't know until you're in that type of situation but i i probably would i i'm not gonna lie yeah i mean if you're just taking it and you're the only one taking it, that's a completely different story. But as we saw in this Lance Armstrong documentary, it was pretty much a do-it-or-go-home mentality. Or you do it, you take these steroids, you do what you have to do, or you go home. Because if you don't, you're not going to finish in the top one, top two, top three, top 100, top 1,000. Because everybody else, literally everybody else is taking it. So, Ben, what would you do if you were playing basketball or baseball or something like that? And the only way you could get on that team, the only way that you could compete is to take steroids. Would you say yes or would you go no? I, I would say no just because like, I have a very strong moral compass. Okay. And I just don't, I don't see myself – Taking something that I can, I personally consider that cheating. So I couldn't sleep at night knowing that, like, oh, I cheated for a ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just, yeah. I would have a very hard time coming to terms with it. So I'm going to go ahead and say no. Okay. Okay. It. Now, my next question is we've, like I kind of just laid out a little bit ago, we've seen the fall from grace from Lance Armstrong. We've seen the fall from grace for the Patriots and the Astros and uh, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and other steroids guys, even Tiger Woods and Michael Vick, who didn't even do anything, well, really drug-related. My, Michael Vick did something legally yeah, wrong. But yeah. Tiger Woods, like just an, affa- a- uh, an affair isn't legally wrong. And like you said earlier, Louisville, they actually were involved in a sex scandal. So I think their their coaching staff or something was like giving recruits or uh, or their players like prostitutes before before or after games. I can't remember, but I know that was a huge I scandal. heard that it was before they – like it was during their recruiting trips. And okay, so that yeah. would be like – that would be the main incentive of like, oh, you sign with us and you get to you get do, hookers, yeah, yeah basically. you get hookers essentially. But my question is, we've seen 
these cheaters. We've seen this kind of breach of trust. What should be the consequences for these teams? Should Lance Armstrong get everything that he's ever done, every title, every Tour de France win stripped from him? Should we strip the Astros World Championship? Should we strip the Patriots Super Bowl? Should we strip every accolade that the the steroids guys have done? What should be the consequences for these cheaters? What should be the consequences for them breaching our trust and cheating and trying to get an unfair advantage over the competition. So I'm going to start us off with saying, um, they should probably, it depends if, it, if we're talking about sports in college, I'm going to say they should never be allowed to play college sports again. That's going to that. Yeah. If you, if you are caught with like some sort of enhancement, like steroids, like let's, let's say a, a freshman running back at, I don't know, uh, Notre Dame gets caught with you know steroids. I think personally they should sit the rest of the season now, and they should never, uh, they should never be able to play now, in college again. That's that, just me. That brings That's up me. a very controversial point of what if? So there's two sides of the equation. The doctors are giving him steroids. Then maybe you're like they're giving him steroids, if, knowing or cheating, whatever. But Say, for instance, a freshman running back goes to his buddy at home, Louisville, North Carolina, whoever he's playing for, doesn't know about it, and he gets caught with it. Should the institution as a whole be bl- be the be- ones to blame for that? Because it's his fault, not the whole institution's exactly. fault. So you're saying they should – be the the, I don't, line. But yeah, I don't think the institution's got too much to do with it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's a uh, guilty by association or whatever like that. You just but, you got you got one bag egg, egg in the pile. Yeah, you know? but you said that if the these cheater get these cheaters get caught, then they should never be able to play. Like sports are you in talking college. about the person or the, the institution? No, the person, the, that individual that's getting caught with a steroid should never play college sports again or the sport again. Or no, no, it depends on professionally though. College and professionally is kind of two different things. For how me. how so? So in professional, let's say I don't know, LeBron James get caught with steroids. He should probably face a penalty of some sort. He should probably be out of the talks for MVP of the season. He should be removed from that. Uh, equation and uh, did, I, did i say pay reduction no no well, I, you said penalty but yeah like I, was, I think like a mi- little bit of a pay reduction his, the talks for the mvp season be taken out of the equation and he should sit the rest of the season out and then i think like the la uh, front office should talk because to talk because i personally think he should never play again that's just me and i know i, I know i hate to say it but like if you're gonna cheat and you're not gonna do the right thing in front of millions. Now, what happens if somehow, some way? Now, we see lies of this all the time, mm-hmm. but I can only assume that where there are lies, there are is some truth. Mm-hmm. Of a doctor gives a person some kind of pill, some kind of injection, something like that. And he does not, give me a second, mm-hmm. he does not know that it is a steroid. Or, or... He's taking, let's say, um, cortisol or something like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what steroids. Yeah, I don't know drugs like either. I got you. But say, for instance, he's taking cortisol, mm-hmm. and it is legal, 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 legal until 2015. From 
2014 to the beginning of time, it was legal. But 2015 onward, it is illegal. And at the beginning of 2015, they test him and he tests positive for cortisol, even though he's been doing it for years. Should that be what's, what ah, consequences okay. should he, he face then? Because I will give you this. Barry Bonds, back in like 1999, tested positively for steroids. But what it was is it was a steroid that dealt with like tendonitis yeah, in his knee I know what you're talking about, yeah. or something like that. And so he tested positively for it, but it was a treatment to help his knee. Now, could he have lied and said that it was just like it was for his knee? Yeah, but yeah. in actuality, he's trying to get bulk and trying mm. to hit 700, 800 home runs. Mm-hmm. Could It possibly could be. But what I wanted to get to, what happens in that case of a person's treating it for his knee or like, for instance, Mike Trout, even this season, he's taking some kind of drug to help with his thyroid, but that causes his HGH levels to go up. Should he get in trouble for that? What if it's something that le- he legit has a thyroid issue? Hmm. That That's, a, that's that, a good question. My, my I like that. Whole, my whole point of bringing this up is because I wanted to y'all to understand that it's not so black and white. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're doing – they very well could be doing it for the performance-enhancing part, but they could also be doing it because they need it. Because, because they're like, injured, yeah. Because, like – Michael or Lance Armstrong, he had testicular cancer. And so who's the one to say that steroids, those steroids that he was doing weren't to cure his testicular cancer or to make sure it was in out of remission. That's, that's kind of the question that I pose because it's a hard question. It it is a hard question. Every answer is kind of, I feel like it's kind of like a up in the air kind of thing. You know, you like, you, you want to say no, but at the same time, like, Oh, I get it. Like you're trying to treat something. So I'm, for me, I'm I'm still gonna say no from okay. for steroids for performance, but that's just me. So okay, Gabe, what do you think about the whole steroid issue and like the dynamic of it in sports? Um, I would still say no as well. I mean, obviously, we don't know the whole story. Like you said, it's black and white, and um, a lot, some people say it's cheating the game. Some people actually need it, but I would still say no. And as far as the consequences, um. I wouldn't make too harsh consequences because, like, like Ben said, if LeBron tested positive for like the for steroids, I mean, you could punish him all you want, but like, I mean, I think the main thing that's going to hurt him is he's instantly taken out of the greatest of all time debate, and I think that's enough punishment for LeBron to endure if he were to test positive for steroids. So I think like the backlash from like fans and other people and the loss of respect is enough to consequence someone who gets caught with that type of stuff. Now, now Gabe, in the wrong I way. got a question for you. Take LeBron James out the equation. Say that it is let's say that it is not LeBron, it is Andre Iguodala. That's the yeah, first name. It's Andre Iguodala who's trying to get back into the spotlight. He's or a, a six or man Ty Lawson. Or Ty because, Lawson because he or just went Lord, off of Lord Williams. No, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. He, well, but he was an alcoholic. Let, let's let's say that it's not a superstar 
Just play, yeah. I completely agree with you. If it's LeBron James, he gets taken out of that that MVP greatest talks, of all time yeah. MVP talks. His reputation is permanently tar- tarnished. Mm-hmm. But say, for instance, it's a seventh man or an eighth man on the team who doesn't give a damn about his reputation because he's trying to get that starting job. Mm-hmm. What about them? Should they get punished severely, or is their reputation tarnished still a still a enough type thing is Gabe going to answer it or do you want me to go first I, I want Gabe to answer alright go ahead Gabe yeah you you got me I didn't even think about that um yeah that that's hard to say cause you can't like put a penalty on them and then just let like a superstar get by so I don't know I guess I guess there has to be some type of like set set consequence for that type of stuff depending on the sport and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. <laughs> okay. Well, what do you think, Ben? So if I if I get this correctly, like a six-man, let's say someone that plays. Let's say, right, let's say, um, Ben, uh, let's say, what, uh, buddy, what's the big white guy's name on your team, on, on the Bulls? Larry Markinen. Let's say Larry Markadon's trying to become the elite big man of the oh. NBA. And so he takes a little sum-sum. He takes a little steroids, steroids to try to become bulky like a Carl Anthony Towns, a Boogie Cousins, an AD. And he gets caught. What What should we do? The entire season, like he shouldn't be able to play the whole season without pay. That's just me. Whole season without pay. Yeah. Okay. Like, like if we're, what, 40 games deep and he, all of a sudden the random piss test comes up and he tests positive for steroids, he should, like, no pay and you are not allowed to play any games. Like, you can come, but you ain't going to be playing and you ain't going to be getting paid either. So, okay, that's okay. just me. Now, last question on this terms of kind of steroids and stuff like that. When should somebody get get a second chance? We look, we look negatively on Lance Armstrong. We look negatively on Tiger Woods. We look negatively on Michael Vick and all those kind of guys. But if we look at Tiger Woods, 2019 had probably the biggest comeback story of winning the Masters. We look at Michael Vick. He's kind of back in good graces with kind of the, the people. But Lance Armstrong still is not really in good graces with the people. When should somebody get a second chance? Is it a, a legit apology? Is it... Um, getting like giving five hundred thousand dollars a million dollars to whatever what when should somebody get a second chance when they have fallen from grace like those people have so for me an apology goes a long way you i don't it don't matter what you do if you look at me and say hey man i'm really sorry i did that to you i can forget about it in less than a minute and if as long as like if lance armstrong came out tomorrow and was like hey i'm very i'm very sorry and i was really wrong for that and i want everyone to know how sorry i am for that then I'm, I'm cool with it. Second thing, they should be if, like, let's say someone gets caught with uh, steroids in the NBA. Obviously, I think no pay, no play for that season. And if they apologize, then the next season they'll be able to play. But they will not be starting. That's just me. So if they don't apologize. If they don't apologize forever. and they don't do and don't do it, nothing, I would just ignore. I'd be like, all right, cool. Like if you're not if you're gonna have that kind of morals and not really take responsibility for your sure, yeah. yeah for your actions, then no. Okay, uh, Gabe, what do you think? When should somebody get kind of that? When should they have that second chance given to them, like Michael Vick, like Tiger Woods, like Lance Armstrong, somebody like that? Or even, um, what, what's the guy's name who beat his wife in the elevator? 
Oh Just, man, Justin Forsett is that his name? No, I can't remember. Uh, Who did he yeah. play for? Did he play for the, I thought he was for the Ravens? I thought he was Ravens. a running back for the Ravens. Was it Ray Rice? Ray Rice, that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Like when? When yeah. should Ray Rice? Like now that it's he a had, different. He had the well. I mean, you got Greg Hardy, who apparently like choked out his wife while holding a assault rifle to her neck. While Ray Rice, he hit his he hit his girlfriend, hit his wife, and he had much more repercussions, much more suspensions than Greg Hardy, just because that was recorded. Greg Hardy's wasn't. While on while on the other end, Greg Hardy, his girlfriend or his wife or whoever it was, pressed charges. While Ray Rice said, Ray Rice's wife said, "I had it coming to me." Like. Now, that could be a symptom or a sign of domestic violence of, like, these abusive people have kind of their significant other's kind of brainwashed, and so they think it's their fault when in actuality it wasn't. But when should somebody like that get kind of a... My, my question is, when should somebody be given a second chance? Ben, you say an apology. Yeah, just... What, but is an apology enough? Because I can... If I murdered eight people and i look you in your eyes and say i'm sorry and i go exactly like that just look you in your eyes stone face no no emotional conviction to it oh man i don't know because like i always i always an apology is just words yeah, but I always think of like if Jesus can forgive me of my sins, why can't I forgive you oh, of yours? We're bringing the so, ra- we're this bringing is, that's the just, religious I've always, I've, always thought, I've always thought of it like that, man. So okay. you know, okay. What do you me. think, Gabe? I want to I hear your opinion. I, that's just so hard to say because, like, it is. You it really you don't is. know anybody's intentions. Like Lance Armstrong could come out and say sorry, and then as soon as we let him back in, like he's just goes right back to his old ways. Exactly. So I. That's hard to say, but I. Man, this is I don't difficult, know. man. Yeah. Ster- steroid, that, like, it, in the case of steroids, at the end of the day, it's not really hurting anybody but yourself. So, I mean. I would disagree with that, though. Yeah, I would disagree with that because it is hurting. Well. So, for instance, and we'll, we'll get to the next thing, which is whether or not Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So, and this is the reason why I think Barry Bonds should not get in the Hall of Fame. And me and Buddy, we're going to disagree and we're going to debate it out. But I think that Barry Bonds didn't just hurt himself. He hurt the legacy of a Ken Griffey Jr. Who Ken Griffey Jr. never took steroids, never even got thought of for doing steroids. But Ken Griffey Jr. is now not going to be, he's not going to be that all-time home run leader. He's not going to be seen as a threat like Barry Bonds was a threat. And because Barry Bonds did steroids, people saw him as the biggest fear, the biggest worry of any pitcher of all time. But that's because he tarnished his legacy with steroids. He did what was unthinkable to King Griffey Jr. King Griffey Jr. is not going to be as productive as Barry Bonds because he didn't do steroids. And... Mm-hmm. Also, to kind of conclude my opening statements, because I know we're getting into the debate part, Mm -hmm. Barry Bonds should not get into the Hall of Fame because 
he his number one accolade is that he had the most home runs of any player of all time. Mm-hmm. But the problem with this is, is a steroid can make a fly ball to center field now go out of the park. And so anybody who can do that, who can gain that much of an advantage of a fly ball to center field, which is 100 feet short of the track, 100 feet short of the fence, and because of their steroids, they go 350 feet, 400 feet, 450 feet, hell, 500 feet. Mm -hmm. That's, to me, an unfair advantage. And those people should get punished for that. All right? Kind of, buddy, I want to hear your opening statements. Why should Barry Bonds get into the Hall of Fame? All right, so I don't know. I'm just going to go by what, like, the people in the media say, that he started his steroids, like, 98, 99, 2000, around there. Am I correct? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah most people yeah, so. say that he started it before he got to the Giants. Yeah, so I think even before that, he was already an incredible hitter, and he already had a pretty good uh, Hall of Fame resume. He had 445 home runs and 460 steals and 1,455 runs scored. And I think that is and like that isn't a Hall of Fame resume for itself. Speaking in, what am I trying to say? A Hall of Fame resume in itself. Plus, he was an eight-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove, seven-time Silver Nugget, and a three-time MVP before he got caught doing the steroids or whatever. And I think just that, he was already a good player. And yes, the steroids made him pretty much like an unstoppable force. But I think he already had the talent enough to make it to the Hall of Fame, the talent and the accolades. So that's why, that's my opening statement. Okay. Here's the thing about Barry Bonds. I think that Barry Bonds was a tremendous player. But Barry Bonds was a three-time MVP. Like you said, buddy, he was an eight-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glove, eight-time Silver Slugger, all that kind of stuff, even before people say that he even started steroids. But one, how will we ever know? How Barry Bonds is going to say that I did it in my last year of my career to – because I needed something, something, or something like that. I'm old. He's probably, yeah, he, he's old, or something like that. He's probably not going to be telling us the truth. I can't take Barry Bonds' word because, number one, Barry Bonds, we questioned you 10 years ago, and you said you didn't do it, when in actuality, now 10 years later, you say, actually, I did do it 10 years ago, that kind of thing. Secondly, mm-hmm. Even though he was a great player, even if we say during his time with the Pirates, he was a great player, which he was. I mean, he was one of the few players in history which could give you 40 home runs and 40 stolen bases in the same season. But when we're looking back on his career, we will always have an asterisk beside his name because he will always go down as a steroid user. That's why Sammy Sosa hasn't been in the Hall of Fame, which he get. Him, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, all of those guys are not in the Hall of Fame because they will always have an asterisk beside their career because they are they are a steroid user. And I love Barry Bonds, and people who know me know that Sammy Sosa is my favorite player of all That's time. That's the man, yeah. Sammy Sosa is the man, but they will always have an asterisk beside their career no matter what happens, no matter what accolades they have. And that asterisk is steroids. And so that's going to be my 
pretty much my main argument. Gabe, what is your main argument? Well, did, I'm just going to say that Barry Bonds played a majority of his career in the steroids era. So I'm just going to assume that Barry Bonds was not the only player that was using steroids. And that those players, yes, I understand. I, I, me personally, I don't agree with steroids. But they they made the MLBs like viewership go up. People started watching baseball again. It brought the excitement back in baseball. And it brought the MLB a ton of money. So the way I'm thinking, I feel like it's something deeper than just the steroids. Maybe it's something behind the scenes that we don't know about. But I think it's something deeper than that. They're not really paying attention to his resume. And they're taking his steroids thing and just blowing it a little too much out of proportion. And another thing, I, when I think of Hall of Fame, yes, I think of the stats, I think of talent, and I think of all that. But I also think of just a narrative as well. And I think a good narrative, you can't really talk about the story of baseball without including Barry Bonds. If you talk about baseball without including Barry Bonds and the history of it, then you're, that's just a huge piece that you're missing. That's why players like Yao Ming are in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Because he brought, he made the NBA global. He connected the NBA to China. And yes, I know Barry Bonds did the steroids, but you cannot talk about baseball without including Barry Bonds and that history and that narrative plus his talent before the steroids and his accolades. I think that's enough to put him in the Hall of Fame, despite that. I so um, my closing arguments is I think that that's. I mean, you got a good point, but. When we're always when we're looking at the overall, if we're looking at the overall, Barry Bonds has the most intentional walks of all time. He has the most home runs of all time. He's a seven-time MVP. But all of that can be traced back to steroids. The intentional walks, people don't want to pitch to him because he's going to hit home runs, and he can hit home runs because he has steroids, and he's a seven-time MVP because of those home runs. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, we're looking at Barry Bonds is a great player. Don't get me wrong. And even before he got to the Giants, he was a great player. But when we're looking back on his career, Roger Clemens was a great pitcher. Sammy Sosa was a great hitter. Mark McGuire was a great hitter. But when we look back at their careers as a whole, they will always have steroid beside their name. So that's my closing argument. I think even though I didn't have that much of a dynamic closing argument or argument in general, I feel like I got my point across. Gabe, what is your closing argument? Well, there's two players I want to bring up in particular. Uh, I'm Mike Schmidt. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he he confessed to using amphetamines, which amphetamines also enhance a player's performance as well. So I I, I don't see why. Barry Bonds couldn't be in the Hall of Fame, plus Jeff Bagwell, who are arguably Barry Bonds' pre-steroid stats are better than Jeff Bagwell's career stats with Jeff Bagwell using steroids. So I just think that there's something deeper that is not being said. That's why Barry Bonds isn't being included. But I think if those two players could be included in the Hall of Fame, then Barry Bonds should definitely be included in the Hall of Fame. Okay, okay. Ben, you are the you are the tiebreaker. What is your verdict? So both of you made 
Fantastic points. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give, give it to. I'll give Gabe. You knocked Gabe, my socks off. Gabe's final points yeah, were really you good. You knocked my socks off, Jacob. As did you. When I think of the Hall of Fame, I want to look at players that have real, raw, natural talent. If I'm looking at a <laughs> Hall of Famer with my kid. You know, let's say, and oh, there's Barry Bonds right there. Yeah, he's a great baseball player, but he did steroids and all that. That's kind of a weird thing to tell a child who wants to do something like be a great baseball player. That's kind of like telling the new generation, like, you can be great, but you got to do steroids. So, Jacob, I'm giving it to you. I don't think people should be doing steroids, and if you do steroids, you should not be in the Hall of Fame. But Gabe, I will give you so much credit because your argument was so good, but Jacob got away by a eyelash for sure. Yeah, I had that. I already had that Mike Smith, and then like the Jeff Bagwell one just like added to it. But yeah, dude, yeah. I I'll give you credit. That was a good one. That now, was a rough one. Yeah. Now I do I do have to ask you. Kind of going off of that, kind of going off the depressing steroid stuff and stuff. Um, what do y'all think is going to happen with the NBA? The NBA planning on maybe coming back within the near distant future. They're in talks of buying out Disney World and Disneyland and playing the games there. What do you think is going to happen if we go back, if the NBA is going to go back? Are they going to go straight into the playoffs? Are they going to have a little bit of regular season games, maybe like five or six games? What do you think the NBA kind of structure is going to be like when we get back? So I think they should go ahead and have a 2020 NBA draft and let the rookies play and help them get the championships. I am just that... kidding. I know it would be wild, but I'm kidding. I just want the playoffs to happen like soon. So just That's the really playoffs. it. Now, yeah. What would you do? So, what about the ninth seed? What about the tenth seed? Which are like so away I for like a game or a game and a half or two. So, games. so in the what we- the do? West, I think Memphis has an eight seed. Yeah, and, and I think the not, I don't know who the ninth seed is, but I think it should go down kind of like March Madness. You know, I think it should be a one game, and if you win, you go to the playoffs. That that's my opinion, so and eight, I think it'd be so, so inside, exciting. So eight and nine, battle it out have like a play-in game yes okay um one game also what should we do about kind of are we just gonna like go straight in from like them not playing for four months and go straight into playoffs like literally that next day or should they have like a week of training try to get their body back before before no, going into they're, the playoffs. Dude, they're professionals. I'm completely this against is, you on this, this one, man. This is what they do for a living. They play basketball for a living. They should be ready to go right now. You must not have ever played a sport at a high school or college level. I played freshman soccer. That's it, though. <laughs> because there is no way in this world that you can go from being the most competitive, most in-shape person in the room, being off for four months now, Yes, you could say they should be training. They should be yeah, running. Yeah, they, they should be, honestly. But there's nothing like being in that atmosphere. You can run. You can train all the time. But until you get on the court, until you get on the field, until you get on the diamond, your training's pretty much useless. I think that I agree with your statement, Ben. I think that they should have a playing game. But I think they should be given a week or two weeks to kind of go get back into the swing of thing, practice, scrimmage, stuff like that. What do you think, Gabe? 
Um, well, I think they should be given a week as well. I mean, they, yes, and they've been doing it for a living, and they've been doing it their whole lives. But like like Jacob said, there's just there's nothing like being in game shape and being prepared for like in game activity. Because yes, practice practice is important and stuff, but like being in game shape, I think is even more important. You get accustomed to the atmosphere and just that whole just playing against each other again. So I, I would give them a week, yeah. Oh, but think about how exciting it would be, though. Adam just Silver. To see Ad- so like, many out of shape yeah, people like Adam running Silver, up and down the court. Adam Silver just stops the documentary on ESPN and goes, we are having the NBA playoffs tomorrow at 8 o'clock, this place, this time, blah, blah, blah. All the NBA players, get ready. Now back to your regular scheduled program. And that would be – everyone would be like, wait, what? Like freaking out. Like, Dude, oh, my God, would, i got to get my shoes on. I will say that that would be, be the most viral thing that would ever That would be so seen. fun. It would get everyone's mind off the Rona for a little while. Everyone would have a lot of fun with it. I think it would be a good, good idea personally. Okay, okay. Now, another question. CBS Sports put out something the other day naming the top – or the top 20 triplets in the NFL. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver trio. They said that number one is Patrick Mahomes, that Edwards, Hecler, Sinclair, Dinklair, I don't know what his name is, but he's from LSU. Um, And then the running back from LSU and then Tyreek Hill as the wide receiver. Who do you think is the top or who do you think is the top triplet in the NFL? You could. Who do you think is the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver combo in the NFL right now? Do you agree that it's the Chiefs, or do you agree, or do you say that it should be somebody else? I always think of uh, the year Pittsburgh won the Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger. Who is that wide receiver though that they had that that made that toe catch against Antonio Arizona? Holmes? Antonio Holmes, yeah. I think I think but I'm I talking about right now. Right now, Gabe. While he's thinking, who do you think? I'm gonna go with the Cowboys with Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper. That is uh, I think Dak is he's under. I wouldn't say underrated, but he's underappreciated in the league. Like I think he is the leader of that team, and a lot of people don't realize that they just want him to like lead them to the promised land. But Zeke. Zeke had a, I would say Zeke had an off season last year, even though he still put up pretty good numbers. But I think at their best, they could definitely be the top uh, trio in the league. And Amari Cooper, he's got big. He, some games he's off, but like when he has his, when he has a game, like I'm talking about a game, like that man is unstoppable. So I'm gonna go with those three, that's the Cowboys. A, that's uh, hard. Do you think? Do you think Dak's a top five, top five quarterback right now? I would give him top seven. We can debate about it next week if you if you want, but I'm going Dak is a top five. I think he's number five. Yeah, I was going to say okay. top five. I think yeah, he's I was... top five, maybe even top four. No, nah, I'm going to say he's like I number think four. He's number, five. number four, I number, think five. He's number five. Yeah. But, Ben, who do you – now that we're back to you, who do you say is the top? I I agree with what, what Gabe said. I will say I think Le'Veon Bell – uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, don't look at me like that. Why are you looking at me like that? Because uh, Le'Veon Bell's on the Jets. Oh, pardon me. Not Le'Veon Bell. Who am I thinking James of? James Conner? 
Possibly, yeah. So ben, you, you would say Ben Roethlisberger, James, James Conner, Ben uh, and, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, Juju, I couldn't think of his name, and I was like, he's always on Face Clan's YouTube that's a videos. Pretty, that's a pretty solid. Like, that's I a couldn't pretty think solid of his name, though. and I was like, I can see the face. That's just my lineup. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster has a lot of style with his with his uh, the way he plays. So that's who I'm going with. Okay, I I don't know how y'all didn't say this. I'm going with the Saints. I'm going with Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, who's a top six running back, Michael Thomas, who's number one, and I say bit Drew Brees is still top three, top four. Drew Brees is yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's yeah. top four, top three. Saints yeah. easy, easy money. All right, now Adam would appreciate that. Last question, last question, and we do have a little bit of time, so I'll ask it to you. Who's the much? Who is the most clutch player of all time? Who would you rather um, – now, I'll actually ask you who's the most clutch player of all time of any sport, and then we'll break it down by sport. But who do you think is the most clutch player of all time, any sport? Gabe, I'll actually start with you this time. Michael Jordan. Had to say it. Michael, Jeffrey, Jordan. That's a good one. I mean, yeah. I mean, that game six of the 1998 finals – that literally just ended like that literally shows just how clutch of a player he was. He had the clutch defensive play and the offensive play. So and he carried that whole game, go win or go home game. So I'm definitely going with not win or go home, but I'm definitely going with Jordan for that one. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, okay. Ben. Aaron Rodgers. Whoa. Just because just because he he was really known when I was in high school for Hail Marys. And he made a lot of plays happen, I will say. But if I got a game on the line, I need a hail mary. I'm going. I'm going to Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Um, wasn't expecting that. Um, I'm going with Tom. I think Tom. Bob I think Brady. Tom Brady. Um, I think any point in time, whether he has a minute and thirty seconds, whether he has fifteen seconds left on the clock, if we're down by four or whatever, I think that he can bring us back. Okay. So now I go by sport. You're down by one. You're down by one. Ten seconds left on the clock. We're talking about basketball, obviously. But you're down by one. Who do you want taking that shot? We've already got Gabe's answer. We've already got that he has Michael Jordan. Who do you say, Ben? I am tied between Russell Westbrook and uh, Damian Lillard. I can think of his name. Damian Lillard and uh, Russell Westbrook. Damian Lillard is a good one. Don't know how you got Russell Westbrook. Right. Well, I, well, I think of his triple double season uh, when he beat the Nuggets after that crazy game he had. But I, I'm saying uh, Damian Lillard just because like he's he's pretty calm when it comes to you know one second left, two seconds left situations. I've yeah, seen definitely. I've seen a lot of his videos. He's very like all right, like I can do this, and then he can go out, he can make it happen. So I'm I'm probably gonna go with Damian Lillard for sure. Okay, Dame's a good one. I'm going with Kobe, man. Kobe has Kobe. the. Even though Kobe does not have the the best like percentage wise, Kobe has the most game winning shots above Michael Jordan, above LeBron James, above anybody with twenty eight. Um, and I think Le- I think Michael Jordan has like twenty four or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I'm going with Kobe. He has the most, and so I want him when the game's on the line. All right, now. Me and me and Ben have actually already given our arguments for this. For football, if you're down by four, who do you want leading the charge? I said Tom, obviously, because Tom 
go down anytime, anywhere. Aaron Rodgers, can score. I crack. You got Aaron Rodgers because he smokes crack. Um, and then we got Gabe. Who do we <laughs> – Gabe, <laughs> Gabe, who do you say? Game on the line. You're down by four. Who do you want leading that drive? It could be anybody of all time. Anybody of all time. I'm going to go with Peyton Manning for this one. Oh, good Okey one. Dokey. The sheriff. Okey-dokey. Because, like, I think – I think Peyton Manning, he he can adapt to any situation you throw at him. And, like, in those crunch times, I could just – he's just calm and collected. He's going to know the type of play. He's going to know what the defense is going to run. He's going to know what's going to work. And so I'm going to go with Peyton. Okay. That's solid. That's solid. Now, this is the last one. We're going to the baseball round now. Bases loaded. This is a hitter's dream. Just imagine it. Close your eyes. Imagine (laughs) it. Okay. We're at Fenway Park. Everybody's on their feet. Everybody's on their feet. Screaming as loud as they can. Screaming as loud as they can. It is bases loaded. Two outs. A 3-2 count. Bottom of the ninth. Who do you have stepping up to the plate? If he scores one, then you're tied. If he scores two, you win. Who, if he scores none, you lose. Who (laughs) is going to step up to the plate for you? I want you both to answer this before, because before me. So I will here. tell you right now, got no no doubt in my mind. I want Hank Aaron up at the plate, the all-time RBI leader of all time. This is his scenario. This is his forte, hitting RBIs in. I want Hank Aaron, and I mean your boy is second most all-time in home runs behind the cheating Barry Bonds, which we've already gone over. But, <laughs> but anyway, but anyway. So this is Bear, this is Hank Aaron's scenario. Gabe, who would you have stepping up to the plate for you? This might surprise y'all. Oh, I'm gonna man. actually go with David Ortiz. The big poppy. That's a good one. I mean, <laughs> and a scenario actually happened very similar to this. Uh, it was like the 2007, I think ALCS. He, I think it was bases loaded, and they were down by four. And I think it was the top of the ninth. Two outs, and he hits a grand slam to tie the game. So David Ortiz is a good pick. But what 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 do you have to say, Gabe? No, I, I'm gonna just I, I mainly say that because um, the 2013 World Series was like one of the first few baseball games I watched, and like I kept hearing David Ortiz, David Ortiz, David Ortiz, and like he he was really clutch that whole series. I think they were down like a game, like one or two or something like that. And, like, he just went off that whole series. So, I'm going to just go with David Ortiz. The big poppy. He loved the kids. All right, go ahead, Ben. <laughs> you both took my – the two options that I, I wanted. So, Barry – no, I'm not I'm – not, I'm not saying Barry. I'm saying Christian Yelich. That's who I'm going Christian with. Christian Yelich. That's who I'm going with. Yeah, not Barry Bonds. Nice try. Christian Yelich <laughs> is the man. I'm doing it. Give Pat the mic. I want I want to ask him the same question. All right. Bottom of the ninth, 3-2 count, two outs. You're down by one. Who do you have stepping up to the plate? Mm. Um, yeah, I'm going with Bryce Harper on that one. Bryce Harper. Interesting. Okay. Man, once you see that guy hit in person, like, my goodness, he can just slam the ball. There's just – you got to go with it. Give it to him. Give it to him. Go big or go home. Okay. Absolutely. I can feel it. My boy, my boy Pat says Bryce Harper. Interesting. Can, yeah. All right. Yeah, hey, he does slam the ball. I will give you right. But, all right, Ben, 
last segment of the day, guest MVP. Tell, guess the MVP for this is NFL, by the way, not NBA, just so y'all know. All right, here we go, buddy. The Me first, you. the first one I think is very easy. 2014. <laughs> Who won it in 2014? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm going Tom. Is it Tom? No. Is Zabe? it Aaron? If you, what did he say? He said Aaron. He's right. Dang it. Aaron if you told Lavez. me the, if you told me who won the Super Bowl, I could tell you the year. Oh, well, or the, I could tell you the MVP. But we'll, I, we'll save that for another day. 2015. That's Cam. Oh, Do it. God. all right. Yeah. One, to, one to one. 2009. 2009. I think that might be Aaron too. Is that Aaron? Mm-hmm. Um, Payton. Yeah, look you at got, you. You got three people. You got Peyton, wow. Tom, or Cam. <laughs> or Peyton, Tom, or Aaron. No. So, we're going to do 2006. LT? Is that the LT season? Yeah, buddy, it is. Yeah. The Ladanian oh, Tomlinson. All right, 2-2. Two, two. We're going best out of – we're going best of four. Best of four? Okay. All right. Uh, ooh. 1999. Got no shot. No, no shot. No shot. Um, I'm going. Was it Brett? It's off the. No. It's it's off the wall. It. Gabe. Is is it Frank LeClean? Did, did Marshall Falk play back then? No. Oh, that was a good I, answer though. So it's Kurt Warner. Oh, Kurt. Yes, Kurt. Because I think uh. I think Homeboy won it in 2000. Uh, Eric yeah. Dickerson, I think. So I got, uh, ooh, 2002. Yo, I, I never knew this one. No, no, no. I, I couldn't get this one when I was thinking about it. But when I Googled it, I was like, no way. Adam Rich this Gannon. Is, who? Yeah. Who is that? Exactly. That's exactly what I said. Who's Rich Gannon? <laughs> all right. Now, now this is going to be the last one. This one is for all the marbles. This one's pretty – oh, it's not, it's not too difficult. You've heard, we've said his name quite often. So 1986, <laughs> but I think Joe I think, Montana. No, I think I think one of you two can get it for sure. John Elway. No, is he a running back or quarterback? He, I believe he's a running back. Yeah. Running Barry back. Sanders. No. You said running I'm back. Me, I'm gonna make sure he was a running back. Wasn't actually. that? Wasn't that Lawrence Taylor's? No way you got that right. Okay. Oh wow. Okay, I'm concerned. Got him. If you think that Lawrence Taylor is a running back, I'm slightly yeah, concerned. Sorry. Pardon he me. is I'm a sorry. defensive end <laughs> linebacker. He is on defense. <laughs> I don't know football like in 1986. Boy, leave me alone. That, that is a good. Oh, yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Because like, right. like from the from the all time uh, thing we did, I did Lawrence Taylor. Oh yeah, that w- oh, I forgot about that. See, like yeah, twenty yeah. twenty uh like six or seven. It was a running back, which I think was Rich Gannon, and then the rest of the years after was just all quarterbacks. Yeah, the only so. I think the latest one that happened, I think which one was the Adrian Peterson one? Did you look that 2007. up? Two thousand seven. No, I think it, it's in the twenty twelve. It's it, I you, think it's like twenty twelve. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I remember. Because so. he he played for the. Uh, not, Vikings. Not, not, oh Vikings. yeah, okay, the Vikings. It, it, yeah, it, it should be that was that was the actually. year after he tore his ACL, and that was the year, I think, before he beat us kid. <laughs> True story. Oh, Adrian Peterson, another one that's not in good graces. But all right, we're ra- rounding this one out. It's a good one. I made you guys question 
whether or not steroids were ethical. I made, I proved my point that Barry Bonds should not be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I, me and Gabe outvoted Ben on whether NBA should get a like a training week, Dude, I'm practice you, week. Just all of it, just out of nowhere. Just it's out of nowhere. Tomorrow or y'all are going to win a championship. Come on. <laughs> I do think that it is, it, it is a good idea to have a playing game of the 8 and 9 scene. And if you're in 10, 11, 12, sucks for you. Yeah, sorry. Um, all right, let's round this one out. Give us the words of wisdom for the millions and millions of fans. Slow motion so is loud. better than no motion. Slow motion is, is better, better than, than no, no motion. motion. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. I just thought of it. I just thought of it. Slow motion is better than no motion. Quote it. I'm going to trademark that, actually. Trademark I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's deep. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker for my car. If you put that on a bumper sticker on your car, <laughs> I will lose my mind. So I'm doing it. All right, cool. All right, Gabe. Oh, Ben, what? What else? Uh, Wash your hands. There we go. Unfathomable. Unfathomable. Gabe, what do you think? Make sure to limit your drives to less than one hour. (laughs) (laughs) Callback jokes. Honestly, yeah. Dude, there is no way that you can catch me dead driving for three hours to nowhere. (laughs) Dude, I would have fallen asleep. Me too. Can I'll, y'all fall asleep in the car? Because I actually I can. can't. I can, I for can. sure. I can be knocked yeah, out in the car, either. for sure. What is mine? What is mine? What is mine? It's not the It's not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. <laughs> and that's it for this week's episode <laughs> Yo, of this podcast. Right, we'll see y'all later. Do you say